This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, everyone. Welcome back or welcome to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neal. How are we all doing? I have to report back about the movie that I went to see that I was talking about last week. Paul Meskell and Andrew Scott's new movie. It's called All of Us Strangers. I went to see it on Friday night, which was like the release date, I think, in the UK because it was a booked out showing of it anyway at Queen's Film Theatre. It's a good movie. It's a bit weird. You know what? It kind of really gives off like quite similar vibes to... Paul Meskell's movie he did before that I don't know if that was like the most recent one before that but his one he did with Saoirse Ronan wait let me find the name of that because I cannot remember for the life of me what that was called oh it was called Faux it was very kind of similar vibes to that now when I say similar vibes I don't mean the movies are alike I just mean if you're into that type of thing you'll probably also like All of Us Strangers one of those ones you come out of a little bit like questioning the end you kind of want to google the ending to make sure you've got it right in your head if that makes sense you know when there's just like a really unexpected twist and you're kind of like oh my god was any of that even real that kind of twist it was definitely a solid 8 out of 10 the acting was very good especially by Andrew Scott he is honestly incredible and I do just love Queen's Film Theatre I think it's so cute they have a little bar and everything if you if you live somewhere that has a little independent cinema I know it's not the same in terms of you don't get the big like reclining comfy chairs which are definitely such a nice luxury to have for certain movies especially for things like I don't know like say Batman that's literally on for three hours and you want the big chair and to have the big coke and the big popcorn and all of that I get it but going to like your local independent cinema is such a nice experience and they have like a little bar It kind of feels like a little community or something. You kind of feel like everyone that's there comes all the time or something. Even though I don't. But yeah, I'd love to try and go more often. But yeah, as I'd said last week, it was like part of our going out date night of the month. So we went out for dinner before it to an Italian restaurant and then saw the movie. So we had an early dinner booking. We basically to try and make it work with the cinema because of the time of this. Like the movie was playing at half six, which is a bit awkward because if you want to eat after by the time you get somewhere it's like nine o'clock you don't necessarily want to be eating that late especially if you're not having a drink and stuff so we decided to have a really early dinner at five o'clock and we figured we wouldn't be taking that long anyway because you know when you're not drinking and it's just two people and you're not getting three courses and stuff you know you're going to be in and out within an hour yeah as I said we had an early dinner it went straight to the cinema I was tucked up in bed for quarter to nine and now I'm obsessed with early nights like that Because you feel like, like we were lying in bed thinking it was like 11, 12 o'clock because you've done all this stuff. But in reality, it's not even nine o'clock yet and you're getting a lovely early night and going to wake up feeling so fresh. So now I've decided I'm all for the early dinner bookings, which 
I never would normally be. Like I'm definitely, even during the week, I eat more at like eight, sometimes nine, sometimes 10 o'clock if I haven't prepared my dinner before a class I'm going to or if I've forgotten to eat before. So I would never kind of opt for that like five, six o'clock dinner slot anywhere. But now I think I'm going to just for this reason so I can be back in bed before 10 o'clock. I was actually out for dinner the night after as well. It was like a big group of people for someone's leave and do. And it was kind of the first time I've been around everyone drinking and I haven't been drinking. My boyfriend wasn't drinking either. So, you know, we had each other. But it is a weird feeling. Like, it makes you feel really drained when everyone else is getting so, like riled up and so it obviously makes you so hyper and so excited and their energy is all raising and raising and raising and it makes you feel like you're hitting more of a slump like you feel yourself getting more and more tired just because everyone else is like on a completely different buzz if that makes sense I don't know it was very strange like there was no temptation or anything for me like it didn't make me think oh I really want to drink I think I'm quite headstrong like that where when I've decided I'm going to complete this month or when I've decided on a particular night I'm not going to drink, I'm pretty good at sticking to that and like not really getting FOMO about it unless it was like an occasion where I actually did want to drink but I was trying not to, do you know what I mean? But in this occasion, I haven't wanted to drink. So yeah, I'm good at sticking to that. However, it was like a weird, I don't know, it was like a weird environment to be in because obviously I think the goal for like so many people with doing well with like doing sober months or maybe just like trying to cut back on alcohol more in general and being a bit more sober curious I think the goal like it would be really nice to be able to know that you can go to certain events and not drink at them but I think the reality is is that a lot of events you do feel like you have to drink at and no I'm not talking about this dinner at all In fact, if anything, I think one of the way easier things to not drink at would be a dinner because it's a lot more focused around the food. But it did really make me think like, I don't know that I would ever get to a stage where I could go to say a night out or a festival or something where I wouldn't drink. And I don't know if that's bad to say. I'm just being honest. I think unfortunately I am just a bit of a binge drinker. I think a lot of us are in the UK and Ireland. My issue isn't cutting back on drinking during the week or like having the odd glass of wine here and there. I could go my whole life without having a casual drink during the week. That does not matter to me whatsoever. I'm definitely more of a binge drinker. So my thing is more cutting down how often I'm binge drinking and when I am binge drinking to try and reduce that. And I guess maybe, you know, for example, when you're going to someone's house before, stick to the non-alcoholics then. So that you're not like getting too ahead of yourself too quickly or maybe try to like have every other drink as a non-alcoholic one. I don't know. Anyway, I actually do want to do a whole other episode talking about this, you know. In light of dry January, we may as well talk about the alcohol problem we all have. (laughs) But yeah, it was nice waking up on Sunday, not hungover, as it has been the rest of the month, to be fair. Like, I'm actually a bit livid about the fact that I'm going to be giving that up soon. Even though I know I'm going to want to drink when I'm skiing, like I know it's going to be fun and I know, like I'm not worried about the hangovers because I feel like it's different when you wake up skiing and you just like get out in the fresh air and you know what I mean? It's so beautiful and you're not really, you're not deeping life as well. You're not getting in a depressive hangover when you're skiing, are you? 
because you're not thinking about any of that shit. So I'm not actually worried about that, but I am just a bit livid that I'm going to be breaking it so quickly. Because at this very moment in time, I feel like I could do the whole of February if it wasn't for that. But yeah, anyway, I got up on Sunday and I went to a market in East Belfast, a banana block market. I was slagging East Belfast off not that long ago because... So basically one day in December, my boyfriend booked off a Monday and we just decided let's have like a nice wholesome day. There's so much like chaos happening around Christmas. Let's just like take this day, do a little bit of shopping, go somewhere different, go for like coffee and lunch somewhere outside of where we our normal kind of radar is because you know what it's like you tend to stick to your your little five mile radius and don't venture outside of that so we went to East Belfast and I came away from it thinking what the fuck is in East Belfast like is there anything going on here or is it just a complete ghost town with no nice places to get food or coffee oh I think they have decent restaurants for like dinner kind of thing but we really struggled to find anything that we liked and I don't know I think I'm kind of used to in South where you can like just go for a little dilly and like walk in and out of shops and nice cafes and stuff and maybe I've just become too used to that but I actually don't think it is that I think it's more you become accustomed to where you grew up it's like the whole battle in London like the east versus west thing that will always go on do you know what I mean and I do think it is just a case of like whatever you're used to for example I've got friends in London and the second they moved to London the first place they went to was West and as a result all their friends live in West they love West they've never moved out of it like all their work and everything's in West and they just think it's the best place to be and then I've got the complete other side of that of friends who've gone and they've moved straight to East London and have never ventured outside of that and then they think it's so much better than the West you know what I mean I feel like there's always going to be this battle and it's actually just because of what you're used to and actually if you were more used to the other place you'd probably say the same thing about that so I actually think it's probably just that to be honest but East Belfast did redeem itself for me at the weekend at that market it was really nice and really wholesome and I got so much yummy food and I got some really good vintage finds I got three pairs of shoes that are all stunning like vintage uh, Mary Jane's in a lovely like patent orange and then like a matte red leather and I got these really cool navy and gold iridescent chunky sandals for a tenner each I was so shook it was just a gorgeous little market I think we spent a solid like three hours there it's not even that big I don't know what we were doing for three hours just like continuously walking around getting more coffee and more food on every lap we did of the place that was hands down the peak of my week the pit of my week was oh I got my vaccines I told you I was going in to get my vaccines what did I get on Friday I just got a couple top-ups I think of like things you get when you're younger but then see what happened I was meant to get three at the one time like that's what I was booked in for but the nurse was like I don't think that's the best idea giving you three in one go so I'm gonna give you two now and then you can come back for the third one. Thank god she wouldn't give me two because I nearly fainted after the two and I've that's never happened to me before. Now there has been a couple of occasions where I've got you know a little tiny bit lightheaded but this was like full-on nearly fainted I mean luckily I didn't she got me to lie with my head between my knees and then I sat up and I was still really dizzy and disorientated so she moved me onto a bed and I was able to lie down for five hours and five hours sorry five minutes and I was fine but it's just a really weird experience nearly fainting like you feel like you want to cry and ring your mum after it (laughs) I don't know it's it's really odd you feel a bit like delirious 
but I treated myself to my favorite coffee and sandwich and cafe after so I was fine but basically the nurse kind of instilled a bit of fear in me because you know the way last week I'd been saying that I had chosen not to get basically up until that appointment that I went to on Friday I had decided that I was just gonna get the top-ups of my like things that you get under the NHS and I wasn't going to go for the extra vaccinations that I had previously got when I went on my first trip to Southeast Asia just because I in my head I was like I don't know how necessary it really is but then I spoke to the nurse on Friday and she instilled a little bit of fear in me now obviously she wasn't trying to like scare me or anything she was just being very like realistic about the risks in the countries that I'm going to and you know the kind of what you would have to be cautious about if you didn't get the vaccine and what she would recommend basically I came away from it just thinking oh my god no like you're better safe than sorry no amount of money is too much to pay for like making sure that you don't end up getting these things you know what I mean because you never know like you could end up being in hospital for a week in a country where no one speaks English and that's a scary experience and I've been in hospitals many times before in other countries and had to get medical attention for things like stitches and wounds and everything like that and after having experienced that like the last thing I would want is to have to be in for like an extended period of time where you don't really know what's going on do you know what I mean so as much as I know these things add up cost wise like it it, it is actually quite a decent amount of money if you're getting like quite a few vaccines and having to get like a few doses of them but I would rather pay that than as I said end up in hospital for a week or longer with rabies or something like that so yeah I'm gonna get well well actually I say that but there's a supply issue with a lot of the vaccines they can't they haven't been able to get rabies in or Japanese encephalitis I think it's called which I got back in 2018 so I would only need top-ups of them so I am on the waiting list for them and I did then go also to Boots and get my hepatitis B one on Monday Sorry, talking about vaccines is actually probably really boring, but I just thought I would give you a little update on it, seeing, as I said last week, that I wasn't going to get rabies or the other things. And I just thought, in case that influences anyone else not to get them, I'm better off telling you guys that I've actually decided to go ahead and get all the extras. The extras basically are hepatitis B, rabies, uh, Japanese encephalitis, and apparently there's also been a cholera outbreak in one of the places that I'm going to so I'm now thinking I will also get cholera I don't know it's actually just a drink not an injection it's like some drink that you or something that you stir into water from a vial is it called I don't know anyway I didn't faint the sec on the second one I think it was just with the first one because the first appointment because it was like the two at once but yeah that was the pit of my week by a mile <laughs> Okay, my recommendation for this week is actually a podcast series. I have recommended this podcast before to you guys. I mean, it was probably about a year ago now, but it is called Do You Fucking Mind? If you're typing it out on Spotify, it's Do You F with the little star, C-K-I-N-G, mind. And it's a girl called Alexis and she is like a... I think she's a psychologist and she basically does a load of episodes about like your brain and mental health and psychology based topics. But in January, she did a little two week series and it was called, what was it called? It was her Being Better series. So for two weeks, every single day, there's 14, I think 14 episodes of it. She uploaded like a little Being Better episode now I think they're all in around the 10 to 15 minute mark so they're really nice just like short motivational episodes I love her voice so much she's Australian she's so like 
cutthroat. It's not like she's shouting at you, but it's kind of like she's been like, get your ass in gear. Do you know what I mean? And I just love that about her. Like she's so to the point. And I thought that little series she did was amazing. I mean, I think every episode she does is amazing. And she's recently restructured her podcast to now do three episodes a week because I think before she was either doing one or two really long episodes a week. And now she's broken it up in a way where because she used to do this brain fact at the start of every episode, then she'd do the main episode and then sometimes she'd get guests and stuff on as well. So now instead she does like a slightly longer episode just on the brain fact, then she'll do her main episode and then she'll also do her interview. So it's amazing because you get three episodes a week with her. And yeah, I just love her so much. And I really recommend you listen to all 14 episodes of her Being Better series. So I'll just remind you of what it's called. It's called Do You Fucking Mind? And it's her Being Better series that she did from January the 1st to January 14th. I have some cute words for the week. It's a little quote I saw on someone's story on Instagram today. And it is, I hope you fall in love with this life. There was something along those lines. I hope you fall in love with Wait, no, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. I misquoted that. It was, I hope you fall in love with being alive. That sounds better, doesn't it? Yeah, I hope you fall in love with being alive. I loved it. Okay, it's time to move on to this week's podcast topic. This week, I'm going to be speaking all about healthy relationship habits. Did I think I'd be sat here telling you guys all my tips for maintaining a healthy relationship and everything that me and my boyfriend do that I think is a really healthy way to be and to communicate. No, I never in a million years, I thought, well, not in a million years. It's just really crazy to think like, when did I do the tips on heartbreak episode? I want to say that was like 10 months ago or thereabouts, 10, nine or 10 months ago. And to think now I've like come out the other side and now I'm in a very healthy relationship is so crazy to me. This is the thing. I feel like as teenagers and in when you're in your 20s the relationships or the situationships that you have even if you're not a particularly toxic person I think there can still be a lot of like toxic tendencies at play and things that you don't really understand at the time that are toxic but it is just a case of like not really realizing like being a bit naive to the whole relationship thing and that's why it's good to have multiple relationships because you get to practice at it and get better and you get to learn from them and see what was like right or wrong about things and you know think I really like this about that and you know that really helped me in this relationship and I liked when this person did that so moving forward I'm going to make sure that that's a standard I keep or you might look back on a relationship and think oh my god I can't believe I got on like that I can't believe I never communicated these things or I spoke to them in that way Do you know what I mean? I I think it's really important to reflect on your behaviours in previous relationships, like your own and also how the other person treated you and really learn from them and be able to move on and actually change as a result of that. Like not learn from them in a way of, oh, I should do this, I should do that, but then never actually following through with it. But actually understanding that if you want, if you genuinely want to have a healthy relationship, this is what you're going to have to do in order to make that work. And sometimes we're not at a place to be able to do that. You know what I mean? There's times in my life, for example, where maybe I've just not been in a good place mentally and I can't show up in a way that is like indicative of a healthy relationship. And I think it's really important to recognize that because we can jump into relationships when we're we're just not ready for them. And that can actually just end up being a recipe for disaster, especially when both people aren't ready. And you're just kind of like taking out all your 
emotions and your past traumas and your toxic habits on the other person. Not great. (laughs) I think when I came out of my previous relationship, I knew in my heart that whatever came next had to be like the standard had to be high. It had to be healthy. It had to be communicative because it had to be all of the things that the previous relationship was lacking. And I was very aware of that and had very much like learned my lesson in all of that and why that was so bad for me. When that was going to come, I obviously had no idea. To be completely honest, I was like, I could be single for the next three years if that's what it takes to, you know, find something that's going to be healthy and just right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. So then when I was first dating my boyfriend and he was really showing up in like every way I could have ever wanted or like would have previously asked from other people. But this was like to a whole other level and without me having to say anything. And from day one, like even when it wasn't even official, like very much early stages of dating to see someone show up for you like that. I was like, oh, okay, this is how it's going to be. And I think that kind of initial stage is actually quite confronting because you can really easily be like, but why are they showing up for this like me? Why are they like, why aren't they playing hard to get? Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing that? Why are they so for me? Like, do they not have other options? Do you know what I mean? All these like weird random thoughts come into your head and that is your toxic tendencies coming into play. That is you wanting to withdraw, wanting them to be hard to get, wanting the bad guy. What good is ever going to come from that? You know what I mean? You need to sit down with yourself and analyze those thoughts and realize where they're coming from and snap it out of your head. I talked a lot more about that in my episode I did on toxic relationships. So I'm not going to go into that anymore. But basically, I kind of knew from day one that, okay, it's time to show up now in the way that I want a healthy relationship to be as well. Because it's not just on one person, like it works both ways and it takes both people to practice that to make that work because it all it takes is one person to be toxic for it to become a toxic relationship and when you can see someone showing up for you in that way it makes you want to do the same thing especially if you actually want it to work so anyway <laughs> here we are now in a very healthy relationship over the last few weeks I have been making a little note of little things that we do whether they be big or small that aid or yeah, that aid us having a healthy relationship. Nice things we do, whether it be on a daily basis, weekly basis, whatever it may be, that I think now are so important. And look, we didn't sit down one day and say, this is what we're going to do. 
this has just happened and I think all of these things combined have made this the most communicative healthy relationship I've ever been in and I think what's really nice about all of these things is that I was ready to do all these things and to show up like that without anyone asking me to do so whereas in relationships prior to this there was not a hope in hell I would do half of these things even if someone would have outrightly asked me to do that I didn't even know how to talk about my feelings when I was younger there was one relationship I had and I actually can't even imagine how much I must have driven that boy up the wall because he would ask me questions and I would just sit there and not say anything because <laughs> I didn't know how to respond like I didn't know how to even <laughs> put what I was feeling into words so I would just sit there in silence and then he got so riled up and get so angry and I'd just sit there like full on deadpan nothing coming out of my mind <laughs> so you know when I think back on it I honestly must have driven some people up the wall but yeah as I was saying I think it's really nice that I've come to this place by by way of learning <laughs> um and that is why we have failed relationships and they're not really failed because everything well every failure is a lesson learned oh and also sorry just to add to that That's not to say that if you, if after listening to this, you think, okay, I need to introduce like a few of these things into my relationship. That's not to say that there's anything wrong with having to sit down and be like, let's implement this. Not at all. Like there's obviously going to be times in me and my boyfriend's life where we're going to have to sit down and also implement things. That's fine. I'm just saying it is nice that we've like come to this place together without either of us demanding it of each other. Because I think I've been so used to in the past, like constantly trying to demand things of people and also maybe the other way around as well. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with having to do that, obviously. It's just you don't want to be demanding things of someone and then them not showing up for you and then you still being okay with it because you're just letting them walk all over you, basically. Like you're telling them a standard that you want met and you're kind of giving them an ultimatum, but then you're not following through with the ultimate, or sorry, not giving them an ultimatum, but you're just saying, this is my standard, look, this is what I want you to do, and then someone doesn't, or maybe does it for a week, and then, you know, a month later, you're met with the same issue. That's not going to work. So just remember that there's a difference between a two-way conversation that goes like, you know, how what can we introduce here to just make sure things, make sure the communication is open, make sure we're maybe reflecting on our week, make sure we're continuing like with this healthy relationship. And what is you going to someone saying, I don't feel loved, I don't feel appreciated, I don't feel like there's open communication and it being met with defense. They're two very different conversations. But yeah, I really hope what this episode does, I've got three main purposes I want would like to achieve from this episode the first one being to make people realize that they're not in a healthy relationship and should evaluate that the second one being to encourage people that are in maybe just like yeah a pretty healthy relationship but could develop it more like could it is it is where it is now and it's okay but it could be more you know what I mean they and they're mature enough to do that together And this can encourage them to do that, right? And then I think the third thing is for people who are single now to have a standard. This list can help you establish a standard of what you will expect in a healthy relationship in the future at whatever stage that comes into your life. So wherever you fall into that, because everyone falls into that, right? Yeah, you're either in a healthy relationship, you're not in a healthy relationship or you're single. So everyone falls into that. 
Okay, it's time. Let's get into my tips for establishing and maintaining a healthy relationship. Some of these are really little, by the way, like really, really tiny things, but I think sometimes the really tiny things are really important. And number one is a very tiny thing, and that is just always remembering to say thank you. I think we get so used to being in our partner's company a lot, spending a lot of time with them, always like doing things for the other person, always having the other person do things for you. That's just by way of nature, like that just comes with spending the time that you do spend together. There's always going to be little things you do for each other, whether that be making the other person a cup of tea, making them dinner. It could be something a lot bigger, like helping them move house and set up furniture, taking them out for a lovely dinner date. Like there are so many things that you will always do for each other and never ever get used to that. And as a result, forget to say thank you. First of all, I think it's just basic manners. But second of all, I think the second you get used to someone doing for you and don't take the time to thank them, it sends the message that you're not grateful for it and that you're not appreciative of it and that's just an expectation that you have of them and that leaves the other person feeling not valued and as I said not appreciated and they're only going to get their back up about that and think well why should I do something for them if they're not going to appreciate it I literally don't care if the person wakes you up every single morning with a coffee in bed and you're so used to it I don't care always say thank you the thought of not saying thank you in that situation that stresses me out it takes literally one second and it just says a lot like it's I know it's literally two words and you might think it's meaningless but if you make a habit of making sure you're always thanking them even for the little things I think it's so important and then actually going on from that this is still within the same tip let's say we're going to bed together at night after having spent the day together or maybe after just having spent the evening together or something and like someone cooked dinner for the other person or whatever it might be when we're lying in bed like before we're going to sleep we always make a point of this is just something that's like neither of us have said to do this but we just like seem to do this and I think it's really good we'll both thank each other again for the things they've done that day no I'm that sounds so intense that sounds like I'm saying you have to thank them all over again for each individual thing that they did (laughs) and like thank them for making a cup of tea I don't mean that I mean more like you know, if you went on a date. Okay, let's take the example of last weekend, me and my boyfriend went for dinner and then to the cinema. And then when we came home, because he had planned that and organized it and then paid for it because it was like his date night to plan, then, okay, yes, I said thank you after the dinner. And I said thank you when like we got our tickets for the cinema and walked in but then as well when we got back home and we're lying in bed about to go to sleep I was like thank you so much for tonight that was so lovely do you know what I mean it's so simple but it's just like kind of reflecting on your day and thanking them again just to let them know like how grateful and appreciative you are of the effort that they have put in in order to make you happy do you know what I mean and it also obviously works both ways well everything I'm gonna say obviously works both ways My next big thing is to always communicate when you're annoyed, even if it's just like a little niggle, like a little niggling feeling, something that just annoys you a little tiny bit. Just say it. Like there's no point in stewing over these things and then ending up getting passive aggressive with the other person or lashing out at them for, (laughs) I don't know, something that just definitely doesn't require you lashing out at them and actually being a deeper issue. 
I used to be so, so bad for this. And I just wouldn't say when I was angry about something and I would just let it bubble inside of me and then it would all come pouring out one random day when I was upset about it. Like it would all accumulate and then I would just have this big lash out at them and just be like, and you did this and you did that and this made me feel this way and that. And it was just like, whoa, where has all this come from? The reality is that 99.9% of things can be nipped in the bud if you just communicate it straight away. It doesn't need to weigh you down. You don't need to spiral about it. It doesn't need to become some big thing that it's not if you just talk about it. And it's literally that simple. And don't overthink it. Don't think, oh, it's not the right time. I don't want to kill the mood. I don't know how to say it. Like, I don't know what the right way is to communicate about it. There isn't necessarily a right and wrong way. There's just speaking about how something made you feel or how something that they did annoyed you. Like it literally is that simple. It doesn't need to be a big blow up. And if you're finding that anytime you are going to your partner and expressing that something they did annoyed you or made you feel a certain way and it's becoming a blow up on their part, well, obviously on both of your parts because it ends up being that way but like if it's met with defense and ends up being a blow up as a result of that and them getting defensive and then you know gaslighting you that's a problem that's a problem and you should probably think about that because all that's gonna do is drive you away from being honest about your feelings because you're not gonna want to end up in that situation which is then going to what? It's going to make you spiral. It's going to allow things to build up. You're going to lash out. Then it's going to be an even bigger thing. You should be able to go to your partner and be honest with them about how they made you feel and it not be met with contempt. It be met with understanding. My next tip is to make sure that you have space and set time apart. This is especially important if you live together. I actually, I've lived with a boyfriend once for a short-ish amount of time but it was never an issue having time apart because of our jobs that we worked were completely opposite shifts like I would be starting at 5 p.m and he'd be finishing at 3 p.m like we'd maybe see each other for something to eat before I went to work do you know what I mean if anything I barely saw him so (laughs) so this has never really been an issue for me however I can really see it being an issue for me if I was to live with someone that worked the same schedule as me And I think it's actually kind of why I would (laughs) ideally like to put off living with anyone for a good while. Like in my head, I don't need to live with someone until, I don't know, I'm always of the opinion that you've your whole life to live with someone. But I do completely understand that there are circumstances where it makes sense to move in together and like financially and everything or when it just feels right. But for me, I think that's definitely something just because I do value my own space and time so much. It's just a decision I wouldn't take lightly and I would like to put off for a while (laughs) just to make sure I maintain that space for myself. Not only do I think alone time is really important, I also think it's good to get into the habit of making sure you're also seeing other people in your life, your family, your friends, and not just being all about this one person. For obvious reasons, like, because if it does end and you've just, like, dedicated your whole entire life to this person and then it's over. It's like you've got to rebuild everything outside of that. But that aside, I just think it's a healthy space to be in when you've got your own things that you do, your own time to yourself, your time for your friends, your time for your family, and your time for your partner. Not only does it mean when you're together, 
it's better because it's more intentional. It also means that you can miss them. There's nothing worse than when you get into the habit so much of being with someone all the time that you never miss them. That's a really key feeling in a relationship, I think. And it also is very key in like making sure things are still exciting. Because if you're just like in each other's company all the time, you can get bored of each other. Like you want to be excited to see each other. You want it to be fun. And that's not, I'm look, I'm not saying that literally every living second with them has to be fun. Obviously not. There's going to be very boring, very mundane times in your life. And that's just the reality of life is that we do have very normal mundane weeks and that's okay. But you want the times with them to still be fun. You want to be able to do mundane things with your partner, but have fun, if that makes sense. And I think a big key part of that is like not having them. So then you miss them. So then your time together is fun. I also just know for my own sanity, like my time to myself is really important. And I like my evenings getting a bath or I like my evenings just to myself, winding down, having little self-care night. And no one else needs to be a part of that. (laughs) The next habit, which I absolutely love. This is an essential for me and this is to always take the time to properly greet or say goodbye to each other and the same goes with saying good morning and good night. Okay so what I mean by always taking the time to properly greet and say goodbye to each other is literally just whenever they arrive at your house or whenever you meet them wherever it is. I don't care if you saw them yesterday. I don't care if you saw them that morning actually. I think it's so important to properly say hello to someone, give them a hug, give them a kiss, like acknowledge that you guys are meeting and like greeting each other, you know, don't just get used to their presence and them coming in and out all the time and just be like, hi, and barely look them in the eyes, like not even turn your head from what you're doing. Same goes with saying goodbye, the hug, the kiss, the saying I love you, it's all part of it, even if you're going to see them in an hour's time. It leaves you feeling so good about yourself. Also with good morning and good night, so essential in person or by text. I'm not an all day texter kind of person. I'm actually kind of terrible at texting to be honest. But one thing I am good at is making sure I always send a nice good morning and good night text. And I think that is more than enough. (laughs) But yeah, it's so nice I think to have lovely little good morning, have a lovely day, I love you kind of text. And same goes for good night texts. Or obviously if you live together or are staying at the other's house, do it in person. But I think it's a really nice way to start your day or to finish your day. Next up, I think it is so important to spend intentional time together that's like quality time. We get so used to, especially during the week, I think like when everyone's work schedules are crazy, you just want to, you know, get your shit done, wind down, watch TV, go to bed and that be it. So by default, the time you spend together is just quite passive and you're just watching TV or reading a book in bed together or whatever it might be. And that's fine. Like not every second that you spend together has to be quality time. There are going to be moments like that no matter what, but that's even more reason to make sure that you do get quality time together. So, you know, just not forgetting about planning times you can spend together where you're not on your phones, you're not watching TV. It can be as simple as going for a phoneless walk, cooking dinner together and not using your phone at the dinner table. It can be making sure you get in a date night a month 
you could do what we're doing with the one in-house, one out-of-house date night a month. You don't have to overthink this. Like, if you don't have the money at the moment to be going out on nice dates, like, it could just be as simple as going on a walk together or, like, going to an exercise class together and then going out for a coffee and a tri-bake after. Or literally just take one of the evenings you would normally watch TV and make it a cute little painting night or candle making night or something. Just something where you're putting in a bit of effort, actually spending quality time together, talking to each other, not distracted on your phones. Oh, you know what's really nice? My boyfriend for Christmas got me this little book and it's called The Relationship Book and you like fill it in together and it's got loads of prompts. It's kind of like a journal, but like a prompted journal all about your relationship. And I'd say probably once a week, once every other week, just like a weeknight evening after I've like done my skincare, brushed my teeth and all that and got into bed. Then we sit down and just like fill in one of the little pages. And usually it's one where like I can answer it and he can answer it. So there'll be like two separate versions of the thing that we're saying and we'll like read it out to each other. It's so simple. It literally takes less than 20 minutes to fill in one or two of those pages, but it's such nice quality time together. And it usually involves like reflecting on the relationship or thinking about shared memories. You know, if it's asking about your first date or your first impressions of each other or whatever it is, like it usually invokes really nice conversations. So that's a good one, actually. It's called The Relationship Book. Probably got it on Amazon, I assume. This next one is a big one. And I've talked about this so much before, but this is to understand your partner's love languages and also obviously for them to understand yours. It's all well and good you having one love language and then as a result kind of you know by default opting to show love in that way because that's the way you like to receive love and that's fine and that's good if that's the way you like to receive and give love. However you still need to understand what your partner's love language is and therefore what they appreciate because you could be doing all this You could be putting all this effort into kind of this way of showing love when actually they prefer to receive it in a different way. And that's not to say that what you do will go unnoticed or won't be appreciated. Not at all, like still carry on with that. But I just think it's really important to know what they like and therefore what you can also add to how you show love or how you can consciously make an effort in that way. For example, you might really not be a words of affirmation person, like that really just might not be something that's important to you or has ever been important to you and you don't need to hear it from someone and actually the things that they do and the actions they carry out for you or what is it, the acts of service, that's the love language, isn't it? That's kind of like doing things for other people. Yeah, the things that they do in that sense shows their love for you and you don't need that reaffirmed with words but they're really into words of affirmation and they want to hear you expressing your feelings and saying nice things to them. And yeah, that might not come very naturally to you because that's not something that's important to you. But I think understanding that that is important to your partner should then make that important to you because you should want them to feel loved, if that makes sense. So yeah, it might take a little bit of work for you to kind of make that a habit that you can maintain But once you have established that, then it'll come a lot more naturally. And as a result, you'll start to appreciate that a lot more too. I've said it before and I'll say it again, but I am all for every love language. Every love language under the sun. (laughs) I think they're all so important, but I do understand that not everyone does. Okay, next up, I think it's really important to understand and support your partner's long-term goals. There's so many couples that break up because they weren't aligned on 
their long-term goals. And that could have been realised from way earlier on if they just had the conversation about that. I think we don't talk so much about long-term goals because, well, we can shy away from it a lot because you can be a bit embarrassed or there's the whole thing of like, if you say it out loud, will it not come true? That kind of thing. But I honestly think talking about, let's say like your goals for the year, then maybe like your goals for five years and your goals for 10 years. Look, I'm so bad at this because, well, I can talk about my goals for the year like I did in the podcast, but I find it really hard to imagine my life in five or 10 years time. You know what I mean? I have no idea. I'm a very, words are not coming to my brain today. I'm a very what kind of person? Not, oh my God, what's the word? It's literally on the tip of my tongue. I am a very impulsive person. There we go. That's it. I'm a very impulsive person and who knows, like I might decide I want to move to Barcelona next year. God only knows. I'm very impulsive. I get ideas into my head and then before you know it, I'm doing the thing and it was never part of my plan, you know? So I find these conversations, or not conversations, like I find it hard to know even myself, let alone to have the conversations with someone. However, I do think it is important to have a kind of a mutual understanding of where you and your partner want to go in life because if that's going to be completely different then you might not be able to live this life together and maybe that's okay with you maybe you're all right with this just being a naughty thing but if you do actually see this being a lasting thing you kind of not that you have to be exact in what you want to do together but there should be a general direction that you're both kind of heading in and sorry that's not to say that you should both be like in the same career path and wanting the exact same things for yourself and wanting to live the exact same life or anything like that definitely not it's more just a very general vague thing but like you know it's not gonna work if one person wants to spend the next 10 years of their life being a nomad and traveling all around the world and not settling down when one person actually wants to buy a house and have kids within the next three years do you know what I mean I know that's a very obvious contrast, so that's maybe not the best example. But let's say, for example, your partner wants to set up their own business. And in order to do that, they need to put in the extra hours because they're currently already working a full-time job. So they need to put in hours on the side doing this little side hustle until eventually one day they can stop the main job and make the side hustle the main job. And in order to do that, they need your support in terms of not always wanting them to be at your beck and call every single evening of every night of the week. Do you know what I mean? And understanding that it's not because they don't want to spend every evening with you, but it's because they have to do this and you should support them in doing that and not tempt them, if that makes sense. Even though you'll always want to tempt them because you'll always want to spend time together. It's like having this understanding and therefore support of what they want to do and vice versa. This next tip is so important and this is to always be able to see things from their point of view and not just always thinking about yourself. Don't get me wrong, I'm all for prioritising yourself, thinking about how things make you feel being your number one, all for it. However, when you're in a relationship, you have to always consider the other person's feelings. If you're committing to a relationship, it's no longer just about you. And I don't mean that in a way where they're your priority, because I think you should always be your priority and like looking after yourself 
and your well-being should always be your priority. However, you always need to take into consideration how things that you do will impact the other person and how things could seem to the other person and make them feel. And this comes down to really little things as well. How you communicate, you know, if you're blunt with them, if you talk to a specific person that, I don't know, maybe there's history with or that the other person doesn't like or whatever. Like, you actually just need to take a step back from a lot of situations and just think, how would this make the other person feel? I never used to do this. I think this is a very, like, young, immature way to get on in relationships. It's to never consider the other person and to just, like, do you? And that's fine. That's what we do when we're young. But I think the reality is, is that you do have another person to think about when you want to be in a healthy or when you're in a healthy relationship. My next tip is to have a healthy sex life or just like to make sure you're kind of maintaining intimacy on some level. I'm not going to go into this one. Whatever you want to take from this, you take that. (laughs) There seems to be so much pressure to have what is like an ideal sex life and you know how many times a week should we be having sex and how long that should be for and how many times the lingerie comes on you know what I mean like there's all these ideas about what a healthy sex life should be and ultimately I don't think comparing yourself to anyone else is gonna make you happy in your situation or gonna establish your own healthy sex life I think you and your partner need to establish that yourselves and see what works for you. So yeah, not going to get into that one. So have fun working that one out. (laughs) Okay, my next tip is to always make sure you're supporting each other through tough times. I feel like this one goes without saying you obviously would like, well, you obviously want a partner that is going to support you through hard times, whether that be through the loss of someone, through a bad mental health patch when sick with a stomach bug, when in hospital with something. Do you know what I mean? You want someone you can rely on in that sense and you want to know that you can go to that person in times of need and not feel judged and also come out of the conversation feeling better. Like knowing that support is there and feeling better. There's nothing worse than going to someone and coming out of the conversation and actually feeling worse about it because you don't feel like the support is there. I think sometimes we can overcomplicate supporting someone and getting fixated on what the right thing is to say. But ultimately, when we go to the people that we love, the people that are close to us for support in these scenarios, we're not looking for them to say the right thing. It's not our therapist. They're not a professional. We're not expecting them to come up with some magical resolution to all of our problems. All you want a lot of the time is a shoulder to cry on or someone to vent to and listen to your problems or just someone that's gonna give you a hug and tell you everything's gonna be okay like a lot of the time it literally is that simple or when you're sick someone that's just gonna make you a cup of tea and bring you your antibiotics or painkillers and just check up on you the odd time and make sure you're doing okay so definitely don't overcomplicate this one but it is so important to know that you have that support system there from your partner oh my next one again this is literally so simple And it's to say straight away if you're in a bad mood about something else. The second they walk in the door, if you're in a bad mood from work or you had a fallout with someone or you're just hormonal or whatever it is, the second you're in their company, 
straight away literally don't even give it a second because if you give it a second you have an excuse to get annoyed about something because you're in a bad mood so straight away just say I'm in a really bad mood from work or I'm grumpy because I'm hormonal don't talk to me if you don't want them to talk to you that is just getting that out there and saying it and just being honest about it means that they know you're in a bad mood and they know not to press your buttons and it also just means if you do happen to accidentally lash out at them there's an understanding that you're already in a bad mood and they can be like darling (laughs) are you okay and then you can just be like I'm sorry I feel like it just deflates the situation if you're just honest about the fact that you're in a bad mood it also doesn't give them room right say you don't say it okay and then you you are being grumpy and you're being a little bit passive aggressive and you maybe do lash out about something that you shouldn't really have and then they're getting angry at the fact that you're being grumpy and they're like oh what are you in a bad mood for I hate when someone turns around and says what's got you in bad form or you know what I mean something along those lines like what's got you in bad form or Do you wake up on the wrong side of the bed or something along those lines? Oh my God, it actually winds me up so, so much when you're in a bad mood and someone says something like that, you actually want to kill them. (laughs) So I think straight away saying that doesn't even give them the opportunity to say that because they already know you're in a bad mood so they're not going to ask. Simple. I also just think as well, like for me, if I've ever just been outright about this and just said it, what actually ends up happening is that because I've said that, then they become a lot more loving and like, affectionate and they're like oh what can I do to put you in a better mood giving you hugs you know what I mean straight away it's like okay actually maybe I'm not in such a bad mood anymore maybe I don't need to spiral about this I just honestly think this deflates the situation so much and stops you from spiraling by just saying it and it literally is that simple by just saying I'm in a bad mood (laughs) who would have thought okay my final healthy relationship tip is to make an effort with their friends slash family slash interests. I'm not saying you need to take up football (laughs) or pretend that you're interested in watching it. I'm not saying that you need to start going to their boxing class or whatever it may be. However, showing interest in the things that they do, I think at the end of the day, you know, if the person that you love is interested in these things, by nature you should also be interested in them or at least knowing if they enjoyed their class or had a good time or if the team they supported won also obviously goes without saying but with their family and friends like again you don't have to bombard every family dinner you don't have to go on every friend's night out in fact don't go on every friend's night out because they'll probably all hate you (laughs) but just making a conscious effort like I think it's so easy a lot of the time to get in the habit of always wanting things to I know with me anyway like I'm so close with my family so I'm I can be really in the habit of like always making the effort with my family and wanting to be you know the Sunday dinners with my family or the coffee meetups with my parents and it's like you know it does work both ways and you do have to make an effort with their family too and ultimately you also should care about their family and friends because that's the people that they love and you love them and therefore they're going to be a part of your life as well and I think it's within everyone's best interest for you to get on with the family and friends I obviously do get though there's scenarios where this isn't the case and they might not get on with their family so much and I'm not saying that this is like essential for a healthy relationship but I definitely think if 
the opportunity is there for you to make an effort with their friends and family that you definitely should because it'll mean a lot to them in the same way I know it means a lot to me when my partner makes an effort with my family and that wraps up my healthy relationship tips I hope this was helpful to at least some of you I hope you can take away some of these tips and implement them in your relationship or make more of a conscious effort with some of the things that I said maybe some of the things that I have said will make you question whether your relationship is healthy and if not is that something that you need to really reflect on I don't know and also if you're single I hope this has helped to kind of establish in your head what a healthy relationship should look like and therefore what you should look for in a relationship and what you shouldn't settle for basically but yeah I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode if you did don't forget to give me a little five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast leave me a little comment on Spotify as well if you swipe up it'll say what did you think of this week's episode share it with your friends share it with your family share it on your Instagram stories and your TikToks I've been loving seeing that recently my DMs are open for questions and dilemmas for the bonus episode And as always, thank you all so much for your continued love and support on the podcast. It means the absolute world to me. I will speak to you in next week's episode. Bye.